family, family. Uh, Joanne is still in the hospital uh, in Springfield, and uh, they have uh, inserted a feeding tube, and it looks like it's going to have to be permanent. That's what they're saying. Uh, and uh, social people and stuff are, are really pushing hard against them. They're trying. They, they want to just take her completely away from them because different situations, the situation stuff. But that poor girl has really suffered a lot in her life. Uh, and uh, I uh, have all, uh, since the first time I met them and I heard that I've respected uh, 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 them for uh, taking her, adopting her in her condition, taking her in, uh, just, you know, with the handicap and then uh, being, you know, of a different race, and you know how some people are in, in this country. But uh, that before before uh, the Gonies got this young lady, uh, uh, she had uh, been through so much trauma in her life. Where she was, she had she had been beaten, she had been gang raped, uh, and you name it. And that poor girl has been through with it, um, and it breaks my heart knowing she's having to go through with what she's going through with right now. So. Uh, Hold her up in prayer, and uh, and 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 that family, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure that's why they are not here today because they are they are really going through a terrible burden right now, and uh, just remember them in prayer. Uh, service time uh, again tonight at six o'clock. Um, uh, we will be uh, ministering this evening at six. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, don't forget that. Uh, uh, Wednesday, this past Wednesday night, we started a, a, a new uh, teaching uh, series. Uh, the name of it is um, uh, Respecting Boundaries, Keep It Between the Lines. Uh, and uh, we are going to be covering a lot of different things in this, and uh, it's a uh, it's a, a lesson that will help us grow spiritually and give us uh, a insight that uh, a lot of, especially our younger people, need today. Uh, some of the things that we're going to be covering about is, uh, is it will be talking, teaching about marriage and uh, uh, the the, uh, the boundaries of marriage and what God uh, uh, has said in His Word and. Uh, uh, so um, a lot of people in the day in this society today has got a lot of different far off beliefs that's totally way away from what the Word of God teaches, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, it's our effort to bring some of these things uh, to light. So uh, remember uh, that uh, coming up. Right now, uh, we're going to change the order of the service and. Um, uh, Ronnie's going to be uh, speaking for us this morning and uh, get behind him with your prayers as he ministers. Uh, and let's give the Lord another hand clap while he comes. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, uh, earlier uh, during
in Sunday school, I went and spoke with a pastor a minute, and just talking, just a little uh, general conversation, but uh, what I said to him really stirred me up. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> I thank the Lord that I serve a risen God. I thank the Lord for my salvation. There's, there's a people in Jerusalem that's waiting for a temple to be built, to wait for the Messiah to go through it so they can believe that he's coming again. But he has already come. And our salvation is for us. If it was not for him already coming, the Gentile people like us would not have salvation. We would be forever lost. It would be, they would be still be having the sacrifices year after year after year, kicking their sin along, kicking their sin along. But I thank God today that my sin is taken care of. It's not kicked along. I thank God today that I don't have to worry about it year after year after year. I praise him. I glorify his name. Praise your name, Jesus. That's just been stirring to me that I'm just so thankful that he has a risen king. Jesus died on that cross for me and you. Praise the name of the Lord. He is here already. He is here already. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Just thank you for your salvation. Praise your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you for allowing me to get that off my chest. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. That just, when I, I just, like I said, it was just general conversation, but Lord, that just started kind of weighing on me and weighing on my mind, you know, and I was thinking about it, and I said, wow, thank you, Jesus, for your salvation. Thank you for dying on that cross. And I just praise the Lord for that. I thank him for him that today. No more waiting. He is the risen king. Praise the Lord. This morning, I want to uh, uh, read to you uh, start in uh, the book of uh, 1 Samuel. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel, I'm going to read uh, chapter 1 uh, down through verse 18. So it is a few verses, but uh, if you uh, bear with just a little bit, we'll uh, get through those. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. It re reads like this here. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramatham, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elahu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. The main one focus we're going to focus on is Elkanah there. He's just, uh, all those other men that you've seen, but Elkanah is the one we'll focus on. Uh, the, the story is uh, somewhat about. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the name of the other was Piana. Piana had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Piana, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord 
that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you, grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time of fellowship, Lord. And now, Lord, it's time for your word. And Lord, just be with me this morning. Lord, give us the words that that you would see fit, Lord, because this is your word. I trust in you. I believe in you. And I know you are king of kings. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that was, that was a lot of reading, but uh, everyone is from, probably familiar with uh, this story of Hannah and her, and her prayer and how, how greatly that she prayed. So reading this and studying on it, uh, I want to somehow... Uh, as we go back through the scriptures, uh, speak to you this morning on uh, uh, title, this titled, A Life Separated to Christ. A Life Separated to Christ. You know, we, we need to have something different uh, in us that others can see and, and look upon and notice a difference, a change. And I hope to be able to bring this out uh, uh, to you this morning uh, and you will get something from it. So I, I want to uh, start by going back into the, to the scripture and, and reading uh, beginning in verse uh, 6. And it, and it reads, it says, And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now, I'm, has anyone ever had rivals out there or some kind, some person that, that just afflicts you all the time, just somebody that's always tormenting you, always got a negative word to you? It don't seem like nothing you can do 
is uh, good enough. It always got something negative, just something to keep you down, something, just something said to you that just hurts, just something that distracts you, just something that, that you're like, good grief, what, what more can you be? And this took place year after year. This was uh, the sister wife uh, of Hannah Piana. Uh, that she did this to her year after year because Hannah had no children. Piana was the one that had the children, and Hannah did not. So she, it's, the Bible says clearly she did her best to make her miserable year after year. And we all seem like we have someone at some point in time come through our lives that that's exactly what they try to do, try to get misery out of you. What's the saying that misery loves company? You know, maybe there was something about piano that she just still wasn't exactly happy with. Or maybe it was just, you know, that was the way uh, uh, that the old devil was just working through her. I don't know. But it was something that she did continually. She probably seen that it was working. It was working that she got to her maybe. I don't know because Hannah was so distressed in her prayer. But I know this, Hannah loved the Lord. Hannah loved the Lord severely. I love that song that Kessie, the second song Kessie sang today, talking about so in love with the Lord. That fit with Hannah. She was so in love with the Lord. And, and she did not let that, uh, her the sister wife, Hannah, get to her that bad. But I want you to know today, church, that the devil wants some person to beat you down. He wants to use somebody to always be against you, hoping that you'll forget who is for you. Because he knows if you can forget who's for you, that he'll succeed and win. But God is for you. So who can be against you if God is for you? Glory to the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So that was what one thing that Hannah was going through year after year. And as we read on in verse 8, her husband, then Elkanah, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Well, here we go. I'm going to have to jump on the men a little bit. You know, we think we're everything. You know, we think God's gift to women. You know, we think we're all that in a box of chicken. You know, yeah, you know, you know, but uh, most of y'all know we're uh, vegetarian now. But back when we ate, you know, there ain't nothing like going to KFC and getting filled up on some chicken and potatoes and coleslaw. Man, that was good. And you leave her feeling full and just, you know, you were satisfied, completed. And this is what Elkanah's thinking. You know, ain't you satisfied with me? Ain't I better to you than ten sons? You know, but the truth be told, us husbands, we like to think we're everything we need to be for our wives, but sometimes we don't understand everything that our wife goes through. Sometimes uh, things have to be revealed to us. Sometimes it has to knock us on top of the head before we understand what our wives are going through. So we're not everything to our wives. We're blinded a lot of times in our wives and what they go through. So there's this, uh, the second thing that, Han- that Hannah was going through in her uh, wanting a child so bad. You know, she had the, her rival always uh, provoking her and making her miserable. Now her husband doesn't even understand what she's going through. And as we read on, as we read on uh, in verse, uh, in ver- I'm going I'm to skip to 11 and go to 12. I want to come back to 11. I'm going to go to 12 and as we read on. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. The high priest Eli was watching. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought that she was drunk. 
So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Now here we, now here we go with the high priest. God had not revealed to him what Hannah was going through. So this lets us know that not even the high priest knew what she was going to. So that's to say that sometimes the pastor or preacher don't know what you're going through. Maybe the Lord has not revealed it to him. Some, he will from time to time, and, and he can address that. But sometimes, in this particular case, it did not happen. Ha, the, the Lord did not reveal it to Eli, so Hannah has now got number three on her. She's got the high priest thinking she's a drunk woman, think, thinking that she's a crazy woman because she has poured out her heart and soul so much to the Lord because she loved the Lord so much. She really wanted this child. And that, that's exactly what the scripture says. She, her prayer was so heart, heartfelt and just probably loud and her, because it says, for out of the abundance of her complaint and grief, that she basically went hoarse, voiceless, because she had struggled so much, prayed so hard. Had you ever been somewhere, maybe a concert or something, that you just sang so loud and you were so into it, you lost your voice? That sometimes happened to folks. You know, this is what happened to Hannah. She prayed so hard and so intently and so just trying to seek the Lord that she went voice. Her, she went voiceless, she did, and all she could do was pray quietly but move her lips. So not even the high priest knew at the time what she was going through. But at the end of it, when she explained to him her complaint, what she was uh, praying, then he said to her, Go in peace, and, and the God of Israel grant your petition for which you have asked him for. So what was the petition that Hannah asked of the Lord, that she wanted this child so greatly. She had no children. Uh, Piana had the kids. And Han Hannah wanted so greatly to have a child. And she loved the Lord so much that she was willing to make a vow to him. And that's why I want to go back to verse 11. It says in 11, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. So Hannah is at the point where she is willing to give this child that the Lord will give her back to him all the days of his life. Now, this isn't just a simple baby dedication that we know of today. That we, you know, when someone has a baby, you bring them in, you have a dedication, you give the child to the Lord. Well, this is not what she's saying. Hannah wanted to love the Lord so greatly, wanted she wanted and wanted to please the Lord so much. She wanted to separate her child to be different from all the other childs. She wanted to give that child to the Lord's service. So she promised the Lord to give her child, which is named Samuel. To back to him as a Nazarite. And uh, this service of a Nazarite was a big separation from what, from what just uh, everyday Israelites would go through. They could choose to do this 
for a short period of time or for a lifetime. And Hannah wanted to commit her son to this for a lifetime. And Samuel uh, was to go on, would be to go on and, and live in the tabernacle with Eli to grow with him. So Hannah was willing to give her son completely away, not keep, not keep him. She was willing to give him completely away that he would live there with the high priest. And she would come see him yearly if the Lord would grant, grant her this petition. But I want to draw you to Numbers uh, chapter 6 and, and share with you some reading on this, the Nazarite vow. She, wanted to, she loved the Lord so greatly and wanted a, a male child so greatly and was willing to give it to the Lord, not just, a, like I said, a simple dedication. She wanted to give her child so, great, so greatly to the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. In chapter 6 of Numbers, reading verse 1, it, says, it reads this about the Nazarite vow. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. Now remember, that's what we're uh, point trying to get across is a, se- a, a life separated to Christ. He shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. He shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins. You couldn't even have raisins. And it, uh, so <laughs> that would have been something too, for, especially for anyone that like, loves grapes or raisins. You couldn't even have that. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine from seed to skin. That makes it complete. From seed to skin, you're not to have it. All the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. Then he shall let the locks of his hair, his head grow. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. He shall not make himself unclean even for his father or his mother, for his brother or his sister, when they die, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he shall be holy to the Lord. That, that is what a Nazarite's committed separation to the Lord would be. In a, a Nazarite was committed separation to the Lord in a time when Israel found it very hard to make a dedication to God. Very, very, they thought it was very difficult. They thought it was difficult, so, but certain ones could dedicate themselves through this Nazarite vow that they would completely stay away from uh, uh, any kind of alcohol or strong drink. They wouldn't eat anything from the grapevine, and they would not defile themselves from a, uh, someone who passed on, someone who passed away. So, and this was for either a short period of time or some, some made it for a lifetime. Uh, we all know of Samson. He was a Nazarite for life. John the Baptist was a Nazarite for life. And, and also the one with Samuel that we're talking about, he was a Nazarite. The difference between the three are Samuel's mother gave him that Nazarite vow. She vowed that to the Lord. Uh, Samson and John the Baptist was divine given. The angel of the Lord came to the parents and told them that this is what was going to happen and take place. And that Christian's... Today, 
should take their commitment to the Lord very seriously. It's not a short 30-day event and it's done. It's not something that you can just uh, say, well, I'll do it for a time period, but then I'm kind of going to go back. Uh, We cannot have the mentality that we can go out and do what we want to do Monday through Saturday and then come to church on Sunday and ask God to forgive us for it just because God's grace is sufficient and good. We're still to leave a separated life. We're still to stay away from some things like the Nazarite vow. They stayed away from things. We are to stay away from things because there is a world that needs us, and they're looking at us with a watchful eye. And if we're not living a separated life to Christ where it's noticeable to others that there's something different about us, then then they're going to say, what are they doing it for? What's, what's the point? What's the purpose? Why do I want to go spend my time in church? Why do I want to go do that on Sunday? I'd rather go out boating or go, go out doing some other fun activity if I don't see any different than them. So that's what's key about us making that commitment of a separated life to Christ that when people look at us, they can see and tell that there's something in us, that they know when something comes their way that they can come and ask you, ask you because, hey, I noticed something different about you. I don't know what it is, but I know that there's something different about you that I can see, I can pick up on, and let me just ask you something. But if, you, if, if, that, if your love for Jesus is so great and strong like Hannah's was, then you'll have a good, committed, separated life to Jesus Christ. Glory to the name of the Lord. That, that is what is so very important today. And in in closing this morning, I just want to leave you with this, that God needs a people who will love him enough to dedicate a life of love and devotion to him. Someone to love him enough to give back to him all the days of his or her life. Someone to live a separated life from what the rest of the world does. We have to make a stand for something. We have, to, we have to make a stand for what we believe in so that others can see that. This is what, they must believe in something. There's something to what they get. There's something to what they believe in, what they stand for. That, because then you, you'll be considered trustworthy. You'll be considered faithful. If you, stay, if you stay away from strong drink, that'll show someone else, hey, they stay away from strong drink. Why do they do that? Let me ask them why. The Lord wants a devotion that strong. He don't want somebody to just half-heartedly devote themselves to him and to, so that they can't, can't be useful. Can't, we all want to be useful in the kingdom of God. And I want to, I, to this morning, that pastor is going to uh, play, play something. I, I just wonder if, there, if anybody would want to come and ask the Lord to... Uh, help them with their devotion to him to be to make sure that they can live the best life of sep- separated to Christ as possible because we can't do it without Christ we can't do it without the Lord we can't do it on our own if we tried we'd easily fall back so a life a life lived separated to Christ is doable if our love for him is strong enough if our love for him is like Hannah's is so strong, then 
we can live at life separated to Christ. So this morning as they sing, if you want to come and pray or you want prayer this morning for uh, something in your body, we will pray with you. But let's just uh, worship the Lord right now.